Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Holy crap. We are back. It's been a while. I don't even know how long it's been. It's been an awesome summer for myself, at least, and it probably has been an awesome summer for everyone else. Unfortunately, we are back, but not everyone will be here today. Manuel Faith. 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 Manuel, I apologize if I got it wrong. He won't be here with us today as he is currently in Germany, but he'll likely be next week here at the at the, the episode. Adrian, we are back. It's been a while. It's been a really long time, man. We had a nice little summer break. I think we all could have used it. I was I don't know about you, but I was feeling pretty drained by the end of the season. It was a sprint this past season. And uh, looking ahead to the next season, it's also going to be a sprint with the World Cup in November. So the break was much needed. Took some time to relax, get some projects done around the house, get some COVID in. And uh, yeah, now we're thriving and ready for the new season, man. Great to be back. Looks like we all got COVID during the summer. I got it too. Yeah, but, it was it, it was bad, man. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, everyone's had COVID at this point. No one needs to tell. I don't need to tell anyone what it's like. But uh, yeah, it's it's hitting everyone now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We got got over it quickly. We recovered quickly. But yeah, also, I finally I, I got to meet Pep Guardiola in person. That was a pretty cool experience during the summer. But that's not for this podcast, Josh. What about you? I haven't heard much from you this summer. I talked to here back and forth with Adrian a few times, Manuel, but you kind of just disappeared. What are you up to up in the north? Well, I didn't get COVID, so that's a that's that's a good thing. Uh, and it's been a very hot summer. I mean, I I feel like every day it's thirty plus. It's wild. I don't think I've ever had a summer quite like this one. So I've been enjoying the outside a lot, playing some spike ball, hockey soccer just you know being a real athletic person and uh i'm doing some work as well obviously for like the youtube channel and uh for one soccer but all in all it's been a pretty good summer and excited to get back with you guys the last podcast was june 15th oh wow 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 june so not even july so we were off the half of june and then the entire month of july it makes sense too um regardless a lot has happened since and we can't really dive into everything so this episode, we're primarily just coming back. Next next week, we'll preview the beginning of all the leagues, right? Bundesliga, Premier League, many leagues return on the other weekend, not this weekend. Um, the first weekend of August, I believe. But today, we're going to do pretty much a recap slash talk about all these transfers that happened. It was a pretty heated up transfer window. Some teams came back to life. And I think we should go through the clubs and maybe... I don't know, rate the the transfers or or do what Josh wanted to do previously of what if or who this club should still sign. Do they need someone? 
But why don't we start off talking about the elephant in the room, Barcelona? What what's going on there, man? They 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 were what was it? Not that long ago, they announced that they were broke, right? And I understand part of it is the Liga regulations. Part of it is because of the debt they have. But in the meantime, the past few months, they've made some massive signings. They've announced they're going to make a brand new stadium or renovate Camp Nou. Adrian, why don't we start with you? Why don't you go through the signings they made? You don't have to give the amount or anything, but just the signings they made and what what's going on there? Yeah, so Barcelona's finances is a uh, confusing thing to say the least. But if we want to put it in the most simplistic, probably overly simplistic fashion, they're basically selling off some of their rights to, you know, TV rights, some of their licensing and marketing things, some of their uh, Barcelona studios, etc. Basically, percentages of each of those to outside investors for money up front that they'll pay off slowly as time goes on. So the big gamble here is that they're basically trying to build a super team that's going to be dominant in Europe. And if they do achieve that, then they're probably going to be okay. But if this fails, then they could be back in trouble again. But some of the players that they're bringing in, I mean, this is like top, top, top talent. Lewandowski, one of the best strikers in the world. Uh, Franck Kessier was great at AC Milan and in Serie A. Very, very good midfielder to add to their squad. Christensen, I think that he'll probably end up being more of a, uh, a backup player as a center back. But they, because they also signed Kunde, and I think that Araujo, should he stay healthy, I think that Araujo and Kunde could be quite the tasty little partnership. And then, of course, Filippo, a Brazilian winger that is just looking fantastic right now, Rafinha. I mean, Barcelona's situation as far as all the signings that they're making and the squad that they're building is looking really, really strong, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to bring in Josh to talk about Barcelona soon, too. And I want to about Rafinha, one thing many don't realize is they saw him play for Leeds, where he didn't have many players to combine with. They were just fighting for their lives in a system that also doesn't really suit him, more of a one-beat-one technical player. I've seen him play for Brazil. When he has players to combine, and everyone's seen that already in preseason, he's going to look pretty damn good. Might be one of the best wingers in that team, if not the best. So Barcelona, to my surprise, because it looked like they were going to go on this rebuilding phase for a few years, right? It looked like it was going to take a while, but it, it looks to me, and Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, this on paper is a Champions League contender team on paper. We'll see how the season plays out, but it, that's what it's looking like. It, it absolutely is. And I have, I swear I've woken up every single day and there's a story about Barcelona because I Lewandowski one dragged out for so long. And now the Frankie Dion one is dragging out for so long. And it's just been a very fascinating topic. And I think you guys know this, some some of the listeners may not, but I'm a huge number junkie. I, I like knowing what, what numbers players are going to wear. Uh, the fact that Chao Cancelo switched to number seven breaks my heart. It just looks disgusting for me. But the interesting thing about La Liga, I'm going somewhere with this, is the fact that you have to wear numbers from one to 25. And primarily number 25 is usually the third keeper. So this is the interesting thing I want to bring up as well, because through preseasons and some of the other other games that they've been playing so far, you kind of got a feeling of which new players are going to wear which number. For example, like Rafinha's wearing number 22, which was occupied from Oscar Mingesa. You know that Lewandowski is going to take number nine, which probably means that the pie's out. There is too many players per number that's on this team. So they have a ton of work to do to even be able to register some of their players. So I'm going to list off some names here of players that could still leave 
Barcelona. And I want you guys to tell me what you guys think because this list is basically eight players. I'd say probably seven to eight ideally would be uh, up for sale if they could get them out on a loan or sell them. Uh, Ricky Pooch is one. I mean, there's a chance he could say he's not the biggest deal. Memphis Depay, Martin Brathwaite, uh, their backup keeper Neto. Uh, there's also rumors that Ter Stegen could potentially leave if De Jong can't leave. Uh, Fra- Frankie De Jong, Oscar Mingesa, Samuel and Titty, and then Marilyn P- Pjanic, who again might stay. So there's up to eight names right there of players that Barcelona will be desperate to get out, specifically De Jong or maybe Ter Stegen, to try to even balance this books to get players registered. So a lot of work to do, and I'm curious to see if you guys think that they can get it done and get these amount of players off the books to make sure that they're ready to go for the start of the season. I mean, you that's never really know with Barcelona, yeah. but Adrian just, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Um, they, I, I, I'm done with Barcelona. I just, I don't want to look at the finances and regulations of La Liga, what they have to do in terms of salary and uh, signings. I just look at them on paper and they look pretty damn strong. What they're going to be able to do with that, who the heck knows? It beats the living crap out of me at this point. Yeah, same. It's, it's such a headache to look into the finances and how they are making it work and whether they're going to be able to register players and everything like that. But you would think that this Frankie de Jong situation, I would be very, very, very surprised if Frankie de Jong says, no, I'm going to stay. No, I'm going to stay. No, I'm going to stay. I feel like he will be convinced to leave eventually because there's still a month to go, which is crazy to think about. This feels like the longest transfer window ever, but there's still a month to go. And Barcelona seemingly have found a way every single time to, do some sort of magic with their numbers. So I think that they'll be able to get it going in the end. But yeah, they definitely need to get rid of some of these players. But these players, for one reason or another, whether it be because of deferred wages or whatever, are sort of standing their ground. Like Braithwaite was standing his ground for a while. Frank de Jong is seemingly standing his ground. It's looking like Memphis Depay is one of the players that could be convinced to leave and Chelsea are sort of sniffing around. And by the way, it's been, uh, you know, unfortunate for Chelsea supporters, but it's been kind of funny seeing how Chelsea is basically the scouting department for Barcelona these days with Rafinha yeah. and Jules Koundé. I, I kind of joked about that. I said that they're they're pretty much saving money with the scouting team. They just wait for yes. Chelsea. And yes. then Chelsea, Chelsea just, okay, this is a good player. Let's try to sign them. Barcelona's like, hmm, Chelsea's scouting got this guy. Let's go get him. And they just yeah. get the guy. Full credit to Filippo. I absolutely, uh, now that you mention it, that is where I read the scouting department thing. So full credit to Filippo for that one. So yeah, Barcelona, if we just ignore all the financial side of things, if we just look at who's come in, the talent they brought in that goes with the talent they already have there, that's a scary team for this Champions League run. Yeah. So in terms of Barcelona, uh, so we can move on because there's a couple more teams, not a couple, quite a bit more teams that we want to talk about here. Um, we can at the end maybe talk about which team had the best transfer window, but why don't we do this for the teams we're going to talk about, right? Which I believe it's Barcelona, Real Madrid, Tottenham, Juventus, Man City, Bayern, and Manchester United. And I apologize if there's fans of other clubs that we don't talk about from one to 10. Let's start with you, Josh. What do you rate Barcelona's transfer window so far? Obviously they might still get a spiriqueta. We know there's things going on. They still said there will be more surprises. But right now, if it just ended right now, 1 to 10. Uh, I mean, again, it's, it's hard because they can't even register half their players. But I mean, if they can figure out a way to dump off a lot of those players that I, I talked about, um, I, I'd still, I'd probably give this like a, a 9 or a 10. They've brought in so much talent. They have such a well-balanced team. I think Shabby's going to have a lot of fun. But I mean, I don't like the way that they're handling themselves. I don't like the way that they're 
shoving players out, that they're signing players when they know that they can't register them. I just think it leaves a sour taste in a lot of mouths. They become a bit of a laughing stock in terms of just like, I wonder if, like, I don't know, I saw a tweet and they signed like Rafina or whoever. It's like, I wonder if they know that he's not going to get paid or if he does, doesn't, isn't part of the plans in the future that he's going to get shipped out the door. So I, like, I don't know. And when it comes to the way that they're doing things, I think there's a lot of question marks about it, but there's no debate that they brought in a crazy amount of talent. So I'm skeptical about it, but if they could dump some of those big contracts off, I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. Yeah, I, I would say a solid 8.5 because I think that they still need to bring in fullbacks. And the whole Ter Stegen situation is an interesting one because he used to be probably one of the best shot stoppers in the world, at least top three type of thing. And now he's a little bit unreliable. So I think if they are to get rid of him, then they'll absolutely need to bring in another keeper and um, some fullbacks. Otherwise, 8.5 for me. Yeah, I would say around the same rating as you guys, 8.5, 9, or 8, roughly. It, it, it all comes down to that. As long as they can register all the players, right? The signings were absolutely fantastic. It's it's even one of the best transfer windows in the past seasons of any club. When you look at the names they were able to bring in, we talked about one of the best center forwards in the world, one of the best forwards in the Premier League, a fantastic La Liga defender. Kessie um, from AC Milan, that was great. They won the Serie A last season, right? So... Um, yeah, but moving on from Barcelona, we'll go to the next team. And this is another team where I think we're going through the, the drama teams first, the, the soap opera teams, right? And I think based off that, you both know which club I'm talking about right now, right? Want to take a guess? Could it be the Red Devils? Yes, Manchester United. So we're getting through the drama the drama teams first. We got Barcelona. Now we're going to go Manchester United. Then we're going to go through the more stable teams after. Manchester United, probably the most important signing they made this offseason was Ten Hag, their new manager. It looks like they, not that they know what they're doing, but it looks like the team will have a specific way to play, which we haven't really had for a while now. Will it work? I don't know. I remain cautiously optimistic when it comes to Manchester United. Manchester United signed Christian Eriksen on a free agent. They signed Martinez, the center back from Ajax, paying a lot of money for it. I believe it was like 50 million euros or, or more, or 60 million euros. I don't know. It was a lot of money. Very good ball-playing defender. Malasias, a left back that also comes from the Eredivisie, from Feyenoord, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Danny van de Beek is back, and that's definitely reinforcement for a coach like Ten Hag. So let's start with you, Josh, because I know you wanted to talk about Manchester United. What, what are your thoughts on Manchester United currently right now? I'm a United fan. I'll give my thoughts and opinion. There's also the Cristiano Ronaldo drama. We talked about all of that. So let's talk about United, then dive into Cristiano right after. Um, what are your thoughts on this transfer window? Not any signings that seem to have a major impact on this roster. No, I, I think it's it's almost like it's set up to be a transition year. Uh, I think Ten Hag coming in is an excellent signing. I thought he's slowly trying to put his stamp on some of these players. I mean, bringing in Martinez, having Donny Van de Beek come back, Malcia as well. I just, I, I don't really know what I think about it. I don't see this squad looking any better. I mean, R- Ronaldo aside, I mean, if you put, take him out, I don't know if this team can find this type of goals because I'm putting together a hypothetical front four and it's got... Jane Sancho, who came off a poor season. It's got Fernandez, who I, I think can be a big influence. Then it's got Rashford, who came off a poor season. It's got Marshall, who came off such a poor season. They sent him out to Sevilla, and he didn't even impress there. So he's got a, a ton of work to grab a bunch of out-of-form players. Donny Van de Beek is an interesting one as well, because we know how influential he was under him at Ajax. And then like even the signings himself. I think Martinez is a good signing. I think he'll help quite a bit. 
Uh, I, I mean, they have three left backs. I don't know if that was a necessary movement. I think they're going to have to flip one, probably Alex, Alex Tellez. And then even the Eric Christensen one is one that I don't like that much just because I don't know exactly where he's going to fit. I know he's such a talented player and he, he came in on a free, but I mean, I guess I'm looking at mostly from Erickson's perspectives. Like, why would you want to come to United right before a World Cup when you're not probably going to play? I, I don't know in this, four, like if he plays a 4-3-3, like that means him and Bruno are going to, share space and you're leaving with one holding midfielder which is asking for trouble maybe he plays it on the wing but i don't think it's at his bet i don't i don't know like i just it's an interesting one so i i honestly am not overly impressed with what's going on here i think this team could struggle a little bit and honestly maybe towards that fifth sixth place finish and then you also have ronaldo if you leave you're dropping 20 plus goals in league play for someone like Marshall who probably might not even score five. So I don't know. I'm very confused about what's going on, but there's a lot of pieces that need to be moved. There's still a lot of time left in this window, but if Ronaldo does leave and this is the, the team that he's got to work with, I, I think it could be in for a tough season. Yeah. I, I want to add to that before I bring in Adrian for this one, then we'll talk about Ronaldo's situation quickly. I, I thought it was a horrible transfer window for Manchester United. I don't think much has changed at all. I think the team is pretty much the same. The only thing that changes the command, right? The coaching. Um, I think Martinez will be a great defender for this team. Very good on the ball. That might be a difference maker. Might be the ball playing defender of the team. Uh, I don't know how much Malasias will make a difference. I don't know how much Erickson will even play. Uh, I I don't think the team has changed at all from last season, right? Besides the coach. Um, maybe it's a little bit hard to recruit players at this point, right? You end up having to overpay one because of the environment Manchester United has built. It's not stable. Like when Sir Alex was there, uh, they're not playing champions league. That definitely has a role too. So maybe this season, it might be more for Ten Hag to get things going and clean up the house. That might be the goal because signings clearly there isn't really much change from last season. But Adrian, is there anything you want to talk about Manchester United or you want to go right into Cristiano Ronaldo? I think you guys covered it pretty well. I mean, their window doesn't thrill me. It doesn't overly thrill me. I think that if you are to keep Ronaldo, then Ericsson is a great signing because finally you'll have someone who can deliver the ball into the box well, although Bruno is pretty decent at it as well. I don't know that that was necessarily the main issue. But I think that, like you guys said, the biggest thing was signing Eric Ten Hag because there's a whole bunch of players at Manchester United that were good before they went to the club. Then they go to United and, you know, it's how that's sort of gone down. It's been sort of a comedy routine. They've been laughed at for the last couple of seasons. But I always think back to a quote from, I think it was Giovanni Trapattoni. I'll have to fact check myself. But it's he said something like, a good manager can make a team 10% better um, and a bad one makes them 30% crappier, basically. Not in those exact words, but I think that that's what we could see at Manchester United, if they are to succeed, it's going to be down to Eric Ten Hag and the improvements that he makes to those squad players that are already there. Um, and I do have faith in him to be able to do that with this Manchester United side because when you look at it, there are decent talents in there. Like certainly, they should not be scrapping for what was it seventh last season that they finished seventh, sixth, seventh? I think it was seventh. Um, so, we got Europa League, so I think that's six. Yeah, six. There we go. Um, so I think, that, yeah, because now there's Conference League, so that's seventh. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. And honestly, some of the personnel that are coming in or leaving doesn't really matter to me because it's all about Eric Ten Hag. And uh, one of those personnel that could be leaving or could be staying, Filippo, 
Cristiano Ronaldo, this, uh, this saga, he says that, you know, everyone's going to find out soon what's going to happen with him. But as a United supporter, what do you think? Would you want him to stay or do you think that it would be better for everyone if he left? Uh, like I said, Cristiano Ronaldo still is a great player. Right? Well, not a great player, a, a fantastic player, right? Having 20 goals in the Premier League or, or even in England in general, it's quite impressive. But Manchester United is not really on a win now moment. Right, we just talked about the signings and how this season might be to clean clean up the house. A couple things that don't help too. Cristiano himself doesn't want to be there. So how much do you want to keep such an influential player? Right, a lot of these players in Manchester United probably grew up watching Cristiano Ronaldo and wanting to be Cristiano Ronaldo, and then you're going to have this very influential player in the locker room that just doesn't want to be there. Right, it's looking pretty damn clear to everyone that that's the case. I would be, I think it's time for him to go. That, that's what I personally think. I think Manchester United needs to shift their focus. We don't need this Cristiano Ronaldo drama right now. What we do need is stability. We need a place, a, a healthy working environment for all the players and get things running. And, and Cristiano just doesn't want to be there along with the fact that I don't think Manchester United needs Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't think so. We need to play other players. We need to get the system ready. He also doesn't really seem to suit the way Ten Hag tends to play or wants his teams to play. So that can be another problem. Imagine having an unhappy Cristiano Ronaldo also sitting on the bench. Um, so so I don't know. You can dive into that as a United supporter. I, I think it's best for him to go. I would absolutely agree with you because that's one thing that always comes up is like, well, why doesn't he go back to Real Madrid? And it's like, okay, well, let's look at that. If he's to go back to Real Madrid, they already have a great thing going with Benzema, Vinicius and their attack. Is Ronaldo really going to be happy sitting on the bench anywhere he goes? No, because he expects to be the top played, top paid player at every club he goes to and the top played player as well at every club he goes to. So it's just going to be disharmony. And so wherever he does end up going, if he does leave Manchester United, that is, wherever he does end up going, he has to be the number one. And then it becomes a question of, well, where could it be that he could go that could afford to pay his wages? And where could it be where he would be the number one and fit into their sort of system that the manager already has in place? It makes it really, really difficult. And it really makes the list of clubs that can take him on very, very small, unless, and this is inevitably what's going to have to happen if he is to leave Manchester United, he is happy to take a massive, massive, massive pay cut of some sort. So it's, I don't know. I don't know. Because every time we've seen Ronaldo playing under managers that want to press, sort of like, you know, look at Maurizio Sarri at Juve. You didn't get to see Sarri ball at Juve because Ronaldo was in there. And it just became this lukewarm version of things, of a lukewarm version of Sarri ball. So are you going to see a lukewarm version of Eric Ten Hag's vision if Ronaldo does stay? I don't know, man. I just, I can't see it. But Josh, if, if you're a United fan or whatever, just as a football fan in general, with this Ronaldo situation, what do you think the ideal outcome would be? I mean, Ten Hag will never admit this. He'll never admit this, but this it has to be going through his mind. He's probably just like, man, I'll allow Ronaldo to leave and just give me like a huge relaxation, knowing that I can do what I want without probably one of the biggest, not egos, but one of the biggest personalities in world football. Because you just know, like you mentioned, you 
the manager will have to change to adapt to Ronaldo. That is a fact. So I think if he leaves, like we talked about, now he's got a bunch of misfit players that it's going to be up to to Ten Hag to put together. So I think the best situation for Ten Hag, for Ronaldo, is if he leaves. And considering that a player who's as legendary as Ronaldo and is almost getting disrespected with the amount of clubs it seems like he's been offered to and he's been rejected by, go home. Go to, go back to sporting. Make that that's a that's a move that I think every football fan could respect and that would enjoy. Uh, if you're so desperate for the Champions League, make that pay cut to make it work. Go back home. Hopefully, lead sporting to a championship within Portugal. Play in the Champions League. Continue that gold lead over Messi. And I just think he would probably enjoy going back home in, in those last few years of his career, depending how long he'd last. Other than that, it's. I don't know who else was going to be interested in him. If and I don't know if he wants to go to the MLS because he wants Champions League. So for me, leave Ronaldo. Ronaldo needs to leave United. Let Ten Hag do what what he can now, and then go back home and hopefully find some success there. I also think he didn't win Liga NOS, right? The Portuguese league when he was there for Sporting early no. in his career. No. He yeah. Didn't. So that's another challenge that he can embrace, right? Go to Sporting, try to win the Portuguese league. I mean, they lost last season, but they won the season before. Score a lot of goals in Portugal. He'll get Champions League. He'll play in the Champions League. Definitely not going to win the Champions League, but maybe try to get out of the group stage, get some more goals for his personal record. That's probably the ideal move. The problem with Cristiano is he's still an amazing player that can have an impact in any league he plays, but he's no longer the man in a Champions League contending team. That's not the player he is anymore. But he's acting as if he is, and that's what he wants. But it's just not who he is. He should go to Sportin. I don't think he should go to MLS. I make these this joke a lot that he should go to MLS. Um, but but I think Sportin would be the ideal move, right, for a legend like him to go play, get some Champions League. And then I don't know if he wants to go to MLS after that, sure. But I think he still should be able to play two good seasons in Portugal and go from there. That would be the ideal move. But Cristiano might still think he can win the Champions League and be the man in the team, which it hasn't been the case for a while. Now, Adrian, um, the next transfer, club transfer we want to talk about, and this one might be a little bit quicker. It's Manchester City. Let's go to Manchester United's neighbor. I, I forgot to ask one thing. Did any of you want to add anything to Manchester United or Ronaldo? I just don't want to be rude and go on with it. Josh, maybe? Uh, no, just the, the rating. Out of ten for for uh, oh United. United, yeah, I'll I'll say a five out of ten um, for all the reasons we listed. I still think there's a lot up in the air, but I'd almost say if Ronaldo gets out, I'd, I'd go up to a six. But you know, no disrespect. I, I would say lower. This team needed a lot of help. I'll give it a three. I thought it was a bad transfer window, right? Like like I said, I I don't see these signings being very impactful. Maybe Martinez. We'll see how he does in the Premier League. Maybe Martinez. Um, I didn't like the trend so far, obviously, right? It's not over, um, but not good to me. Yeah, I like I like Martinez coming in. I'm a big Ericsson fan, so I don't mind that. And I think that United needs help in their midfield, but not in that position. I think that Fred's getting better. You know, he's sort of redeemed himself in some ways, hasn't he, Filippo? He's started to play a little bit better at United. He's not the meme that he used to be. Um, but I still think that they could use a defensive midfielder to help out. And we don't have a, a CDM. We no, don't. exactly. They seem to just be focusing on tens and eights, basically, especially with the focus on Frankie de Jong. So I think that a CDM could be good. Another attacker could be good. So yeah, I would, somewhere around the four or five kind of region so far, at least. 
Yeah, I mean, James Garner's back, right? From, from, what should I call it? From Nothing in Forest? J- Sorry, who? Um, James Garner. James he, Garner? Okay. Yeah, he played for Nothing in Forest last season very well in the championship, helped lead them back. And I think he's back from loan. Um, I didn't watch him in the championship, but I do know he can play the six. But I, still, it's not a signing, right? It's a player returning from a loan. It's just a player from the Manchester United Academy, I believe. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, the same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props. Your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, yeah. um, I, I give it a low rating, a three. But the next one is Manchester City. Okay? Manchester City... Um it's kind of weird because it seemed like Manchester City's transfer window was sort of quiet. But when you look at the names they signed, it wasn't really quiet. These are some big names, right? They signed Julian Alvarez from River Plate, and he was probably the second best or the best forward in South America for a year or two. He was doing absolutely fantastic for River Plate for a while. Can play as a center forward, can play wide, can play sometimes even as a 10, but mostly as a center forward there. They signed Calvin Phillips, which was a great player for Leeds United. Uh, sort of, I don't know what you guys think, but it looks like Calvin Phillips might be like the replacement to Fernandinho, a younger one, right? Maybe the Fernandinho. Um, and then obviously the big signing was Erlen Haaland. They, so they, they pretty much kept most of the same team, let a few guys go. We know Gabriel Jesus went to Arsenal. We'll talk about that soon. But these were the three signings that Manchester City made, and hopefully I didn't forget anyone. Adrian, why don't we start with you on this one, since I went to Josh first on Manchester United. Not the, not a crazy transfer window, but, but looks like a pretty damn good one, right? Like precise, like snipers. Signed what they needed and move on from it. Yeah, exactly. So like you said, Phillips sort of replacing Fernandinho, that seems ideal. Good young player, has a lot of uh, a lot of room to grow into the team. Alvarez, you could say the same thing, maybe a replacement for Gabriel Jesus, because correct me if I'm wrong, but they've been sort of similar in their careers in how they've been utilized, sort of like a uh, playing anywhere across the front three type of players. Um, he seems like a really yeah. good... Yeah, but they ahead. they're they're different. The way I see them different is Julian Alvarez seems more built for a Pep Guardiola system. I don't yeah. think Gabriel Jesus is for a Pep system. Uh, that's what I think. Yeah, and that's what you know. Our friend Fede, the Argentinian guy that we both have spoken to a couple of times, that's what he said is that Alvarez is very much a a Pep player because Gallardo plays a sort of similar system to Guardiola. So Alvarez, I think, is going to be a good natural fit. And then, of course, Erling Haaland. That's a massive, massive, massive signing, especially when you look at the price they paid for him. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how he links up with a guy like a Jack Grealish, who as 
you saw, oh no, that was a separate game, wasn't it, Filippo? It was a separate game that Holland actually played in and scored against uh, Bayern Munich. But the link up there at the yeah. near post, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how Holland does in the Premier League. And uh, so far, I mean, if I jump right to my rating right away, I would say that I give him a good seven or eight. I think that they need to get another left back in. And I think that that's an area that they're looking at, you know, either a Cucurella from Brighton or Grimaldo from Benfica um, because they did lose Zinchenko. So I think that if they get another left back in, which is an area that they've been sort of not neglecting for a while, but they haven't had a natural left back for a while, I think that that could bring them up to an eight or a nine. Yeah, and just before Josh comes in, just to recap, they they sold Sterling to Chelsea, Gabriel Jesus to Arsenal, Zinchenko to Arsenal, and Fernandinho left as a free agent and went back to Brazil to Atlético Paranaense. Those would be the meaningful losses. Right. And then major signings, pretty much the ones we mentioned, the major signings are Julian Alvarez, Calvin Phillips and Erlen Holland. Josh, what do you rate their window? So I have like a mini point to put in how I kind of took a shot at Barcelona for throwing players to the curb, for forcing players out. There's a right and wrong way to move on from players. And for me, I think City did it in the right kind of way. You just mentioned three important players to City for a long time, but they all moved on in a very respectful in meaningful way and I think what Sterling did at, at City was fantastic but I think that he noticed he was slipping down he went out easy Fernandinho went went back home uh Gabriel Jesus knew that his time wasn't really there and or in the position that he was wanting to play and he now he's gonna get a new lease on life in Arsenal and this is the proper way to shift players out to, so it's better for them as well as the team and then you hit positions that you're important for Alvarez coming in with the variety of positions he can play is fantastic you've got a young Calvin Phillips who will be fantastic in the midfield as well I think that, like you mentioned, a, a nice left back would be ideal as well, even though we know Kinsella can play both. And then it's been a couple of years when they didn't have a main striker uh, and you brought in Erling Holland. So I don't think this window could have got any better for City. I, I like the moves and the players that they moved on. I think it's a, it's a proper way to do it. I, I have a lot of respect for Guardiola and the way he did and the way that the players left. And I think, yeah, they're, they're set up for success. So, I mean, I would probably give it, a nine out of 10 as well. And I, I liked the, the way that they did it more than Barcelona. I gave Barcelona a nine because they gave me almost no choice. Uh, I want to give City this nine because I think they just did a lot of really good business. Okay. So Manchester City, I'll give them a, probably give them an eight. I thought it, it wasn't like Barcelona, maybe in terms of volume. But again, Manchester City didn't really need that many signings. They replaced what they needed to adjust to what Pep wanted. Probably, uh, I would probably say if they sign a left back, a quality left back, probably give them a nine or a 10. It's a perfect window. What else do you want, right? Uh, but moving on to the next team that we're going to talk about here. This one definitely had a very good window, in my opinion, and that's Bayern Munich, right? Hopefully, I don't butcher his name, but they signed De Leach or De Leitch, however way you say it. Maybe Adrian can help me with that one. Ryan Gravenberch from Ajax, very promising young midfielder, Dutch midfielder. Mazarawi, the Moroccan right back that was also playing for Ajax, very good player as well. Sadio Mane, which I don't have to talk about that one. Um, and Tell. Tell is a center back, right? What does Tell play, John? You can probably help me with that. I don't know Tell very well. Stri Regardless. Striker. Sorry, what? Striker. 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 That was way off from my end. <laughs> Regardless, the first four names I mentioned, Delight, Gravenberch, Mazarawi, and Mane, that alone is just one freaking heck of a transfer window. But let's start with you, Josh, because you are a Dortmund fan. You follow Bundesliga very well. It seemed at one point that Bayern was going to be a little bit weaker this season. 
I'm not going to lie to you, looking at the signings they made, the players they still have, they kind of look stronger than last year, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one. I mean, I watch Bayern a lot. I watch basically every one of their games because obviously the coverage we do for for one soccer and in Davies is the biggest Canadian that we have. So like, I watch a ton of Bayern and this is a very good window with one main issue. And I, we're going to have to find out if it's going to be an issue, but signing Matthias Delict is, is, is a sensational pickup. He's going to be such an important player to this back. Nagelsmann is kind of, he lines up in a four, two, three, one, but it often shifts into a back three. Uh, and I'm curious to see how that's going to be able to, or how that's going to work this year because Benjamin Pavard kind of started as a right back, but then he kind of turned into an outside right center back, which allowed Davies to go up. Masraoui is a lot more attack minded than what Benjamin Pavard would bring. So it kind of looks like it's going to balance into like a four, two, three, one having that front three. There's just a lot of talent in there as well. Signing just quality players all over the pitch. Ryan Gravenberch is a great player that I think could help them play in a four, three, three. Then it's like, where do you put Thomas Muller? But the biggest thing for me, and and I like tell as well. And I like Sadio Mane, but I would expect right now, looking at this team, that Sadio Mane will line up front and you'll have Kinsley Coman or, or Gnabry, maybe even Sané, if he can find his form again, and have a have a front three. And then you could have maybe Thomas Muller in behind them. But they lost Lewandowski, and, and they, they strengthened all over the park. There's no debate in that, and it's whether Nagelsmann can make this system work into his own because, like I said, he was kind of switching between a couple of systems last, last year, and he kind of... I don't know. It kind of looked like he bit off a little bit more. He could chew, especially in the Champions League. But having a loss like Robert Lewandowski, I think, is a lot bigger deal than than it, it initially does. Because if you look at some of the goals and some of the some some of the numbers that Robert Lewandowski has put up, they are absolutely insane. And you can't replace that. And you'll they'll never be able to replace that. But they didn't really go out. I mean, Tell is seventeen, so I'm not really counting him as an out and out replacement. It's going to be up to Sadio Mane and I'm not expecting him to put up those kind of numbers like if you look at the last three years 34 41 35 goals Robert Lewandowski is one of the best in the business and I personally think I think Bayern is still gonna win the league I think they're they're heavy favorites but I think that losing Robert Lewandowski in his own is gonna have a massive a massive impact on the way that this team is used to playing because he's been there for so so long and and yes they strengthened all over the park and I think they did unbelievable business but I think that just that loss of a player of his quality and what he's brought into Bayern over the last in the Bundesliga over the last decade is is gonna be telling and I'm, I'm excited to see how Bayern are able to cope with it and if Saudi Mane can be that striker that they need I'm really interested to see what's going on here because when I look at who they lost and Robert Lewandowski and then the players that they brought in um it does kind of feel like this could be the first time that we see Nagelsmann's true vision at Bayern. I mean, I don't watch as much Bundesliga as you, but I remember in the past, he was always a three at the back guy. And bringing in a Masraoui, um, bringing in Delict, who I think will do a lot better in a back three than he would in a back four. Um, bringing in Mane as your newest attacker to maybe be the spearhead of the attack, but a more fluid front three type of situation. I'm really curious to see what Bayern looks like this season because it does feel like it could be closer to Nagelsmann's original vision because when you have a focal point like Lewandowski in the side, and I'm not going to sit here and argue that Lewandowski was holding them back at all. I'm not going to do that because clearly he provides a ton of goals. But when you have someone like him in the side, naturally you're going to center your attack around him and they've done that. And I think that with Thomas Muller still in there, I think he's really going to shine with this side and the front three. I think that Bayern are still going to be very, very good. 
it will take some adjusting, but um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I like all of the signings that they have brought in. Gravenberg, especially in the midfield. Masrawi on the right. Mane, Tell, again, I can't speak much about Tell. I didn't watch Ren or Liga as much last season, but yeah, I uh, I like this. I like this. Josh. Yeah, no, and and you made uh, you made a fantastic point, Adrian, and I absolutely agree with you. Uh, and it's kind of similar to the Ronaldo point we made when you have a player or a striker who's as demanding and as as center, central focus as Lewandowski, you've got to kind of play in a certain way. But if you remember, in my opinion, when Nagelsmann was at his best, it's when he had a lot of flexibility and a lot of movement up front. So if you want to compare someone like Sadio Mane maybe to a very informed Timo Werner, you can make a very similar lineup to that Leipzig side, especially with the signing of Delic. And I'll put a very quick starting 11 together because I kind of talked about how Pavard turned into an uh, outside right center back in a back three, but it was mostly a player like, Gnabry playing at wing back, so maybe Masrawi pushing at the. It, there could be a little bit more balance. So right wing back or in goal you got Neuer, right wing back you got Masrawi. Now you got a, a pretty solid back three. Whether you keep Pavard outside or not, but you could put Upamakano on the right, Delict in the middle, and then Lucas Hernandez into a, a proper back three with him being a lefty. Now you got Davies being able to play as a left wing back. Then you have your two midfield of Kimmich and Goretzka, or you put Gravenberch in there, and then you have options as that two dual cam positions between. Probably, I mean, you could put Jamal Musala and and Thomas Mola there, but you could also put Gnabry in, in there as well if you want to go a little bit more centrally. And then, of course, you have Sadio Mane, who's going to be that lone striker up front, but a similar profile to Timo Werner. So you made a very, very good point, Adrian. And it, honestly, that that squad I just listed off right there reminds me a lot more of what Nogsman was used to working with instead of having to kind of adapt to this this squad that he inherited last season. I think if I was to give it a rating, if we want to jump back into the ratings game here, this is a this is a great window, isn't it? Um, and despite losing Lewandowski again, no one's going to deny that that's not huge. Mane, Delete, Gravenberg, Masrawi, they got some young talent in, very young talent besides Mane there. So I would I would give this a an eight and a half again. I'm not committing to a nine, but I'll give it a good eight and a half. I think. I'll give it a I'll give it a nine. To me, it's one of the best transfer windows uh, out of the clubs we mentioned. Pretty freaking good from Bayern. I don't know, Josh. Did you give your rating yet? No, I I, I was I'd give it an eight. Like I said, I mean, I, a lot of the moves you can't deny, but I I want to make sure that I left my statement clear that I think the Lewandowski loss is a lot bigger than we see. But who knows? Like I said, the if Nagelsmann's able to play his, his system, maybe. Maybe it's not going to notice, but I want to make sure that <laughs> the goals that they lost from Robert Lewandowski will never be replaced. But it's an interesting window. It's still a great window. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a I eight. don't know, man. Mane can can drop can, close enough. can drop 20-plus, 30 goals in a season. He could. I mean, he, I, I mean, I think he put up 13 last year in the Prem. I mean, you'd imagine he's going to score a couple more than that. But, I mean, it's a new league. It's a new system. It's not always a guarantee to work, but... You know, you're going to always back a player like Mane. It's a good window. There's a lot of question marks up in the air. And maybe, I don't know, six months time, we'll look back and like, oh, yeah, Josh, you were wrong. That was a, that was a 10 out of 10. Yeah, so let's move on here because there's still a lot, a few more clubs to talk about. We don't want to be here for two hours. <laughs> the, other, the other one to go through is Real Madrid, the current Champions League champions. They brought in Rudiger from Chelsea, the center back, and Chouameni from Monaco, the central midfielder. They paid a lot of money for Chouameni. But Rudiger came in for free. Now, in terms of departure, the players that left are players that really, you know, weren't being used or didn't really matter to him. Isco, Marcelo, Garrett Bale, that went to Major League Soccer. 
So definitely not a transfer window to say this was a beautiful transfer window. What an amazing transfer window from Real Madrid. But overall, I think a good transfer window because we got to remember, too, some teams don't need that many signings. The way I see Real Madrid is they didn't really need many signings. They need to keep their core, their players, and they kept them. Um, and even though they kept their players and they didn't need signings, they made, made better signings than Manchester United, for example. Right, These are two players they signed that can actually have an impact. One right now, Rudiger for sure. Chomeni we'll see over the long term for sure. Short term, we'll see how much impact they'll have. I think it'll be impactful this season, maybe not as much as Rudiger. Regardless, I'm going to go right away and give it a 7.5. I thought it was a good transfer window from Real Madrid. Not much more that had to be done. So any of you want to take it from here for Real Madrid? I think that Antonio Rudiger is a good signing i don't know if you guys have seen the videos of him in training but he put a horror tackle in on eden hazard which is a great way to start off and then after that he went flying in on luka modric so we'll see if rudiger is a double agent that is there to break real madrid but no being serious i think that he's a very good option in uh in the center back position for them and i think that he'll play a big role um and then shuameni from what i've seen so far in preseason and the little i saw of him at as monaco he's a brilliant player Yet another good young player that they're adding into this team as they slowly get the sort of the heirs to all these positions that have been dominated by the likes of Modric and on the wings, etc. So I'm looking forward to that. And I think that this almost feels like Eden Hazard's first season at Real Madrid, doesn't it? And I know we're talking about signings, but I'm going to keep my eye on Eden Hazard and if he can actually stay fit and healthy and if he'll have a big impact at Real Madrid. But overall, I would say, yeah, a good a good 7 out of 10 so far because they said that their business is done. It's all wrapped up. We'll see if that changes by the end of August. But bringing in Shuameni and Rudiger, you're already adding to a Champions League winning side. So good work. Yeah, Rudiger was 100% brought in to injure Hazard because they, they didn't want him anywhere near the pitch. But, you know, I, I mean, I, it didn't blow me away. I think Trumeni is a great signing. I think him and Kamavinga being able to learn from a, players like Modric and, and Tony Kroos are going to be fantastic. But, like, for me, the Rudiger one's a good pickup. But I don't know if you guys saw it or, or caught this at all, but he's been playing at left back, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. There's, there's no reason a player than, like, Antonio Rudiger should be playing at left back in this back four. I would have assumed if he's on the pitch with David Alaba, Alaba would slide out to left back. He played left back. He's a left-footed player. But uh, Ancelotti said, no, no, when they're on the pitch together, it's going to be Rudiger playing at left back. And I just think that's a, po- a pointless way to use him. Uh, so I, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, you know, common sense would, would have been shifting Alaba out. Maybe if you don't want Rudiger on the pitch, you have Mendy at left back, Alaba through the middle as well. So I don't know. I was a bit of a head scratcher. If you're going to use Antonio Rudiger at left back, then that's the wrong way to use him. Uh, it's a decent piece to add to a team. Trumeni's the real... Uh, one, but I mean, there's still a lot of pieces. I think over the next couple of years, are going to be shifted out. This is going to be a very different looking squad. I, I think in a few years, when Benzema ages out, Tony Kroos, uh, Madrid. So it was okay. Like I don't know, I wasn't overly thrilled by it. So I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna put it at like a, yeah, six point five to seven. It was, it was decent. Job done. Okay, so next club that we have to go through here is Tottenham. Uh, Definitely not at the same level as the clubs we've talked about. Well, besides Manchester United, right? Not a Champions League contending team. But they made some good signings. Conte seems to have the team going. They're qualified to the Champions League. And they signed Richardson, Bissoma, Perisic, Langlet. So let's start with Adrian about Tottenham. My, my thoughts on this transfer, I'm going to give it right away. Also, the same I gave Real Madrid, a 7.5. 
They signed more players, but they needed more players than Real Madrid, in my opinion. I'll give them 7.5. The team's looking good. Uh, I, I still don't think they're going to win a trophy, uh, but that's off topic. Adrian? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would agree with you. I'll keep it quick. I think that the biggest thing is hanging on to Antonio Conte because you've seen the difference he's made at that club already. But, you know, bringing in Basuma, who I've, I haven't watched a ton of Basuma, but a lot of people are really excited about that signing. Richarlison, obviously a very good signing. I mean, he almost single-handedly kept Everton up last season. Perisic, I'm a big Perisic fan. I think that he did incredibly well at Inter. It, you know, it's funny to think, I think it was like 2016 or 2017, Mourinho wanted to bring him to United and uh, Woodward and the board said that he's too old. And clearly he still has a lot to offer. So he'll be good flying down that left flank. Langley, I mean, I'm not that into Langley, but hey, it's another body at the back. So yeah, I think that Tottenham are looking pretty decent. Like I said, Conte is the is the main signing who they made last season, of course. And uh, I think that he'll, you know, push for top four again and get them uh, get them back in there. I'll give him about a, uh, yeah, seven out of 10 for this one. Good seven out of 10. Josh? Yeah, I mean, this is a very Tottenham window to me. I mean, some, some of the signings like Perisic, who I think can have a role to play. Lingley it was as well. a little bit better, Josh. Like, Come on. Yeah, a little, a little bit better than a than a Tottenham. I mean, I think I'm, I'm a big fan of a Charleston R9. He'll, he'll get the old Ronaldo haircut back and keeping Conte as well. So I, I don't know. It, to me, it's still a Tottenham window. So I'll, I'll give it a seven, seven out of 10. Okay, so there, there's actually two more clubs that I want us to go through here. One, we're going to go very quickly, which is Arsenal. The other one, we might talk a little bit more, which is Juventus. And then anyone that we didn't cover the club that you enjoy or you're a fan of, I apologize. We can't be here for too long, but maybe we'll do it next week. Maybe we'll get two episodes out next week. One still going through transfers. As long as you drop a review for us and on the review, you can tell us what's your club and maybe we'll go dive into it. Even though next week we're going to probably focus on previewing the leagues that come back. But First, Arsenal, very quickly. Arsenal, I thought they had a good transfer window. They signed Gabriel Jesus from Manchester City, Zinchenko from Manchester City, Fabio Vieira from Porto, and obviously we have to talk about Matt Turner from the New England Revolution as a backup goalkeeper to Ramsdale. Uh, In terms of departure, the only meaningful departure they had was Lacazette, which clearly was upgraded with the signing of Gabriel Jesus. So in my opinion, Arsenal is looking better. Guys, want to go through Arsenal real quick, or just wanted me to update on everyone on Arsenal? I think that's pretty good. I think you nailed it. And I think one of the things, again, not a new signing, but getting William Saliba back from Ligue 1 after doing so well at Marseille, I think that that's huge. So yeah, Arsenal, I think did really good business. Brought in some good uh, backup in Fabio Vieira, Gabriel Jesus. I think is going to pop off there. Zinchenko, really good signing. Yeah, good good window from Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Josh, any thoughts on Arsenal before we got, dive into Juventus, which will take much more time than Arsenal? No, I, I like what they did. I like the players that they brought in. I, I still think they'll be right on the outside or maybe like that fourth to fifth spot. Uh, I think Gabriel Jesus is a sneaky signing. So I, I like it. I'll give it an eight out of ten. Okay. Now we're going to go to Juve, right? Um, there A lot happened with Juventus this transfer window, right? So... Before I get everyone's opinion, let me try to let me try to quickly summarize it. They signed two big names as free agents, Paul Pogba and Di Maria. Di Maria is known to be injury prone and Paul Pogba is currently injured. And it looks like there's a chance. I, I don't know right now at the time of this recording, but it looked like he would be out till 2023. 
which maybe he'll miss even the World Cup. Now, they also signed Cambiasso, right? His name is Andrea Cambiasso, a left back from Genoa, which I don't know. I don't have much knowledge on him. And they signed center back Bremer, which was one of the best center backs last year in, in the Serie A. Played for Torino, Brazilian center back that apparently is eligible to play for Italy as well. And then when you look into players that left, Bremer is essentially replacing the Leitch that we talked about earlier, right? Demiral also left. He went to Atalanta, right? Well, Demiral, was he already on Atalanta, I believe? Yeah, um, he was on loan at Atalanta. Yeah, they, they paid the fee, so he didn't come back. Uh, Dybala left, definitely a player to talk about. Bernadeschi, that is now living close to Josh in Toronto. Chiellini left. So a lot of players left, and it doesn't look like all the signings will replace all of them. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think that this was what Juventus have needed. They've been a club in sort of transition both last season and this one. Um, and I think that this was just a good continuation of their January window where they brought in uh, Zakaria and Vlaovic. I really like the signing of Di Maria. He's one of my favorite players. I think that he's going to absolutely cook Serie A. He's one of the best assist makers in the game right now. Um, Pogba is a good signing in theory, but just like this was a continuation of the January window, Pogba's situation feels like a continuation of what Manchester United has had to put up with a lot, which is just incessant injuries, unfortunately. So is he a guy that you can really rely upon? We'll have to wait and see. But when he is fit and in form, which we haven't seen in a while, he's a very, very, very good player. No one can really deny that. Um, and then, you know, Bremer, I can't speak too much on him. I know that he did really, really well in Serie A. So look, if he's Syria experienced and he is considered one of the top players or top defenders, I should say, then I think that that's a good signing. So I think that Juve still has some work to do. Like you said, they didn't really replace everyone that has left, but um, this is going to be an ongoing project that uh, Cherubini and Allegri are going to work on right into the next January window, I'm sure. Yeah, one thing to add to Juventus, uh, at one point they were Champions League contenders right a few years back. They this doesn't look like a team to go to the Champions League to win it. Could they fight for the Scudetto, the Serie A? Sure. When you look into Inter Milan, AC Milan's roster, Juve's about that level. If they're well coached, well managed, in good form, it should work out. But it's definitely not a continental level. So you look at their roster, right? There's still a lot of quality players, like you talked about. They added Bremer. They still have Bonucci that has a lot of experience there and still quality. Rugani's there for the center back. Um, Quadrado still in the team, Locatelli. We can talk about a little bit about Weston McKinney and what his role might be. Maybe he'll leave. Who knows? Um, Chiesa will be back, right? Um, Vlavic, one of the best center forwards in Europe right now. So there's quality there. Di Maria will see how injury prone. I, I don't know what to make of this transfer window. They, a lot happened with Juventus in departures and signings. Josh, what are your thoughts on Juve? Because you're kind of quiet there. Yeah, no, I mean, it's an interesting one. Uh, when I look at this squad, like you mentioned, I mean, that front three of Chiesa, Di Maria, and Vlaovic is tasty. I think the midfield, I mean, if Pogba was fit, it, he would have brought a lot to it with Locatelli and maybe Zachariah in there. Uh, I don't see a lot of depth. I don't see a lot of depth up front. Um, Moises Keane, I'm not overly convinced, can play a, a big role. I like Bremer at the back uh, in the midfield, especially if Pogba's out. Hopefully, Weston will get the opportunity to come in there. They're, they've been linked to a loan move with with Saul, who who's been struggling as well at, at Chelsea and Atletico. So, 
I, I don't know. Like, it's an interesting team. I think you can put together a pretty solid starting 11. But beyond that, I think there's a lot of depth. And considering some of these players are injury prone, like Di Maria and, and Pogba, they could run into some issues. So, I yeah, I think this is a team that's maybe looking towards second or third in the Scudetto race and maybe a quarterfinal appearance in the Champions League. So, I don't know. I'd probably give it like a, like a seven and a half out of 10. Like, there's, there's some decent decent quality there but i think allegri will probably have to switch up his shape maybe to that 433 for the upcoming season but it'll definitely be an interesting squad to keep an eye on boy that was a lot of transfers that we went through here today uh and definitely not everything there's a lot of clubs that are less charming maybe we can put it that way um we didn't really talk about liverpool signing darvin nunes any of liverpool transfers maybe we'll dive into a little bit more when manuel's back But that's all we can do for today. Hopefully you drop a review. Let us know what your club is and we can dive into them. Expect an episode next week going through the top five leagues mainly. Um, Maybe giving our predictions. We'll figure out what we're going to do. I hope we have Manuel back. Anything you guys want to add before you wrap things up? Thanks for your patience for uh, letting us take a month and a half off. So uh, we appreciate that. And looking forward to the season coming, man. It's good to be talking to you guys once again. I miss this and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited as well, boys. It's going to be fun to be back and it should be a pretty interesting season uh, upcoming. And luckily for us, it's always really exciting at the start. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the season kick, the big the big league season kickoff the following weekend. And it's World Cup semester. We're getting to the World Cup very soon, which will be very exciting. All right, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Drop a review once again. It's getting kind of annoying how much I'm requesting. All right, see you guys. Until next time.